Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. Today, we'll be we will be discussing the Conference of Grand Masters. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. Masonic Podcast, where we'll be discussing the Conference of Grand Masters. I'm Matt Apple, and I'm a member of a lodge here in the, the evergreen state of Washington. And we have with us today our usual host, David Colbeth, also from Washington, and Stephen Chung from the, the province of British Columbia and the Grand Lodge of BC in the Yukon. And a special guest today, we have most worshipful brother, Jim Mendoza, who is a past Grand Master of Masons in Washington and is also a renowned Mason at large within the state of Washington. So I, I hear you, he was given that title last night. Yeah, that's the last thing I need another title. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being on our show. We appreciate you being here, Jim. My pleasure. So uh, the reason that we got to talking about the Conference of Grand Masters is that between David and I lies the city of Seattle, where it will be hosted in a, a short period of time. So, uh, Jim, you're, you're heading up those efforts from what I understand? That is correct. Um, when I was Grandmaster back in uh, 2017, uh, we were at the we were at the conference that was being held in Omaha, and uh, we had put in a bid uh, to be the host in 2021. Uh, our competitor was uh, Montreal, and I was prepared to step aside because who wouldn't want to go to Montreal? Then I realized who would who wants to go to Montreal in February. <laughs> so as the, uh, as the lone Canadian smiles. <laughs> <laughs> so we, um, uh, so we ended up uh, winning the bid, it, which it is was, kind of interesting. It, it was, it was for, to be fair, it was in Alaska in February. So, you know, no, that's when grand lodge holds it there. That's the Oscar <laughs> grand lodge. And that's a whole nother podcast, by the way, you guys need to, need to have, uh, because there, there's an interesting story about that. But any event, um, uh, we put in a bid. We we had put in a bid, and the the ironic part of it is that at the time I was chairman of the conference time and place committee, and that's the committee that chooses where the where the conference of grandmasters goes. And so I recused myself uh, from the discussions, and basically the way the way it would work it worked was this: I appointed someone to be my co-chair, and we decided that if Montreal was go, got it, I would make the presentation to congratulate Montreal. And if Washington got it, then my co-chair, uh, most worship brother Stan Hudson, uh, my counterpart in Florida, would it would, would make the announcement. Well, when when I got back, when I was allowed back in into the deliberation room, uh, Stan greeted me with, "I'm with the, the the comment quote I'm making the report." And so Stan um, Stan took the podium uh, in front of the delegate body and announced that Washington had been specifically Seattle, Washington had been chosen the. Uh, the host for the 2021, and we've been basically in plans since 2017. 
to make this happen. That's a that's a good long time horizon. At least you have some time to get a good spot and uh, and figure some things out before they show up. Well, you know, you have to. Part of the bit is you have to pick the spot yeah. then, and where you know it's going to be at the Westland Hotel in downtown. And uh, but the big thing was, you know, doing a lot of fact finding. Uh, so that involved me talking to the previous Grand Lodges, at least in my tenure as elected Grand Lodge officer, uh, that had previously hosted. So I had talked with Baltimore. Uh, British Columbia, Madison, Wisconsin, Omaha, Nebraska, and then subsequently I've also talked with the folks at uh, Indianapolis, and of course we just got back from Louisville, Kentucky. So I've been doing a lot of fact-finding, find out what works, what doesn't work. Uh, spent the last uh, year and a half gathering volunteers, uh, you know, hawking coins and pins to kind of help with the kind of help with the cost of the whole thing. Because uh, the general idea is, yes, it will cost some money, but the, the general idea is, is for it to be revenue neutral. Uh, nobody wants a Grand Lodge to go into debt to, to, to sponsor this event, though it, it is quite the undertaking. And if you're, not, if you're not planned right, if you're not laying everything out properly, if you're not negotiating well, uh, then yeah, you could, you, know, you could cost your Grand Lodge some money. And that's the last thing we want to do with this particular program, because there's some valuable things that happen at the conference. So the, technically, this is the Conference of Grandmasters of North America, right? Who all, who all comes to this? You just named a half dozen states. Is it just the, the U.S. and, and uh, Canada, or is it? Well, it's, again, it's, yes, you're right. It's said the Conference of Grandmasters in North America. So, that, so the, yes, it is the United States. It is the Canadian provinces. Uh, additionally, uh, Mexico. Uh, so that, that's, 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 that's the defined uh, North American area. Then, of course, you know, we also pick up... Uh, uh, several Grand Lodges uh, from the uh, from the Caribbean, some from South America. Uh, for the past several years, we've had Grand Lodges. We, we've had the gra Grand Lodges from Bulgaria uh, come to this event. Uh, there was a there was a Grand Lodge from Liechtenstein that came that was seeking recognition, and that's a that's a fun story. And then, of course, when we host in Seattle, we hope to have a, a fairly nice contingent from the Far East. Uh, so, with in a conference of Grand Lodges, I mean, they already decide what's going on in their world. What's the conference for? The conference basically is to gather men together to gather these Grand Lodges together for the purposes of best practices of what's Grand Masters and have been meeting together, you know, since the 1700s in the United States, you know, because everyone has concerns. What's happening in your neck of the woods? What's happening, in, what's happening over there? What's working over there? What's not working over there? If it's not working, you know, do you have an idea of how, how it can be fixed? Now, over there, if it's working, what, do you, what, is, what are your best practices? And something incredible happens there uh, because sometimes these best practices or best ideas that are, that are happening in other Grand Lodges get adopted you know, by other Grand Lodges. A perfect example is the Bikes for Books program that has kind of permeated, that, that has become, become a big deal in Washington. Well, that was a discussion topic in the, uh, that was there, and I believe it came out of the Grand Lodge of Montana. And, you know, again, this is an idea that probably wouldn't have gotten any germination in Washington were not for the fact that a bunch of Grand Masters were in a room and they started talking about it. Uh, the Six Steps program, as, an as another example, that many Grand Lodges uh, have begun to adopt uh, as a way of, you know, of uh, better assessing uh, a, a, a potential candidate's desires to be a member of the fraternity. 
that got its genesis in the Conference of Grandmasters. Uh, the Masonic Service Association got its genesis at the Conference of Grandmasters, as is, as is done the old CHIP program, uh, the, model, the, the Masonic Model Student Foundation, uh, and of course, uh, the one popular one that's always out there is the Commission on Recognition, uh, where people come to the table and say, hey, we're a grand, we're a brand spanking new Grand Lodge, we'd like to be recognized. And maybe it merits recognition, maybe it doesn't. And those are all things that come out of there. Uh, yeah, on the surface, it looks like a bunch of type A personalities getting locked in a room and, say, and seeing who comes out as the number one. But uh, what really happens is that you have this great interchange of ideas. And when you have that interchange of ideas, when, when we start talking, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens. Uh, plus, you get to plus you get to um, uh, you get to interface with some of the greatest Masonic minds that are out there. Um, Thomas Jackson, past Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania, excuse me, past Grand Secretary. He's never Grand Master. He could have been, but he was always Grand Secretary of the past of the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania. is uh, is arguably the most learned man about international Freemasonry. Um, and uh, to sit down and talk to him in within five minutes, you know, you you know that this man's an expert, uh, and he brings such a measured and knowledgeable and 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 depth of knowledge that very very few people have. Uh, Brett so Morris the, uh, was there so recently at, at this one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So that's where the great idea of the six step program came was from mm -hmm. the conference of grandmasters. And, uh, that was uh, I started that here back in 2012. And, um, it was instituted by our Grand Lodge, and maybe that's where they got it from. Uh, great program. So I, I can see how that that uh, conference is very valuable for sharing the best practices. I think that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like you said, Jim, you get to meet people that you wouldn't have met before. I remember sitting – I was fortunate to go to the Vancouver one that we had a few years ago. And uh, I sat down on a couch next to a young man. He was not feeling good. And we got to chatting, and his name was Sean Martin. Uh, he was the <laughs> youngest youngest uh, master of Vancouver One in, that I know of in history. I think he was the youngest in history, or at least one of the youngest for sure. Very young man, sharp young kid, and really got to know him. And we're friends on Facebook. And now and since then, of course, he's passed his Series 7 and got married and all kinds of stuff. Now, I think he might even have kids. But uh, uh, Yeah, he does. I think, I, think they're, I think they're expecting a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, he's a... Uh, yeah, people you wouldn't even you know that's what's fun about masonry in general and different organizations that you wouldn't meet people that you would normally meet in in conference grand masters. You meet people from around the world you would never meet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do, you do meet the people, and but the most important thing that you get is is you is if you're paying even if you're casually paying attention, you pick up one new idea, sure. and it's and it's amazing it's amazing how that idea idea can be can germinate and become something can be something can become something very huge like a bikes for books program like um like a six steps or on a grander scale like the masonic service organization the masonic service association um it's it's you know it's the whole line we do better when we work together and we do better when when, when we share best practices and it's it's important to share that. Like you know, we've brought to the table the concept of long-range planning. Um, and actually, we it's interesting because we got that from the Conference of Grand Masters, and the two <laughs> delegates at the time from our Washington who attended, Bob Van Zee and Jimmy Reed, at the time se uh, senior and junior Grand Warden respectively, began the process of long-range planning. The idea of taking 
taking the idea of taking a grand master's term and understanding that stuff should that does not necessarily begin and end in your year. Uh, that you know it's okay to put forth an idea and have it continue forward. You don't have to accomplish everything in the year. Uh, some things some things shouldn't be condensed in one year. So to be able to have that, and then of course we've been able to pay it back forward. Uh, so that's that's exciting. And then there's simple ideas like you know, Doug Tucker started a started the photography committee. Guess what? You're seeing more and more grand lodges with people running around with cameras because great stuff is happening and nobody takes the time to take a picture of it. And as a result, you know, maybe you have somebody who had an old, who had an old Polaroid or maybe somebody who had an old 35 millimeter. Do they have a copy of the film? You know, now we have pictures everywhere. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful to see. And it serves as a memory, but it also serves as, a, as for lack of a better term, a trigger point to go, Oh, wait a second. We did that. Let's find out more about it. So, I love. I just love the interchange. I just love the interchange that happens at the conference of grandmasters. So, do you know? Is there a committee, Jim, that uh, from the conference of grandmasters that handles the sessions and the and the actual event itself? And you're just the site and the infrastructure, or how does that work? Do you handle everything? No. So basically, let, so let's kind of let's kind of break it down a little bit. The conference itself. Uh, uh, has an executive secretary, and that's Michael DeWolf, who's the current Grand Secretary of the Grand Lodge of Wisconsin and past Grand Master of, of that jurisdiction. Uh, he he's the executive secretary. He's kind of the business manager. He makes things. He he makes sure that contracts are negotiated. You know that 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 the hotels are right, all that good stuff, because that's the thing. We but we put them a bid. We say, okay, this we're going. The brethren decide, the, the delegates decide, okay, that's where we're going to go, and then, uh, then Mike goes to work. Now, what about what happens at the conference? Well, there's a planning committee. And in previous years, uh, we've had grandmasters from Washington serve as members of that planning committee. As an example, uh, Gail Kenny uh, was on the planning committee um, when he was grandmaster. Uh, Don Monks was on the planning committee. Uh, he was the vice chair. Um, Jim Kendall. Uh, was uh, was on the planning committee uh, as pre as president, and, and currently Chris Kaufman will be on the planning committee uh, next year uh, for this year. The idea of the club planning committee is, is they set the curriculum, the things that will will be discussed. So, like for example, at this particular Grand Lodge, I mean the, the, this particular conference, a uh, couple topics that stood out to me. There was uh, they brought in a uh, they brought in a PhD from one of the local colleges to talk about uh, handling difficult issues. Which was a which was a which was a fascinating thing. Uh, Brent Morris, who is a who is a Mason of some reputation uh, in the in the Scottish Rite, he uh, he talked about the few, he he talked about statistical trends in Freemasonry because uh, you know people, more and more people are getting data driven, and so he so that that was that was a topic that that he had. Um, there's a ladies program that exists too because you know you can't just you can't have in the case of uh, of the most recent conference, 945 men and not think at least one wife is going to show up, right? No, they had, they had a really great ladies program for them as well. So that's the third thing. Then you have a time and place committee. They're the people who decide where the conferences are going to be in the future. For example, uh, the conference in 2024 was awarded to Guadalajara, Mexico. So oh, wow. if anybody's looking to go to Guadalajara in 2024, uh, guess what? You know, start planning now. Uh, 
so that's that's the time and so that's the time and place committee there and then of course there's the host committee which i will be chairing and the host committee is designed to basically create the environment uh, that will have a positive that that can that will be positive for for the conference so that includes things like tours uh, of course you know because you can't just invite people over and just lock them in a hotel room especially a city as beautiful as seattle uh, so there will be tours. There'll be a tour for the men. There'll be a tour for the ladies uh, as well. There's also a grand secretary's planning committee uh, that basically plans uh, the grand secretary's uh, stuff. Uh, the grand secretary, the 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 the, the, uh, the issues that are important for grand secretaries. Uh, when David Owen um, in 2016, I believe, was uh, chairman of the grand secretary's uh, team, he. Um, his focus was uh, technology, talking about the importance of, 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 of technology in better managing your better managing lodges and grand lodges. Um, so you have this group. You have this group. My group, like I said, the host committee is you know we're we're there for to make sure that everything happens positively uh, for everyone, and uh, even down to the menu choices. We want to make sure that people enjoy the food. Uh, because, by the way, funny thing, uh, we were in we were in Louisville, and one of the banquets ran out of chicken. I want you to think about that. We in Kentucky, we ran out of chicken. The colonel that. wasn't the colonel wasn't happy. <laughs> I, fi- I found that I found that humorous. We did not, however, run out of bourbon. I will say that we didn't run out of bourbon. <laughs> I think that's so impossible. How often, in Kentucky. how often do you have to meet? Do you have a virtual? Obviously, you have virtual meetings because you're probably not all going to get together. Do you meet monthly or quarterly, or how often do you meet? Uh, we were we were meeting. If I tracked it, about every other month. Uh, let's back up. As soon as we were awarded, it was me and the, it was me working with the grand secretary to you know to, to start laying the foundations, getting them all place. And then I started putting together, okay, what are the, what are the needs that, we're, that I feel we're going to have to have to ensure, again, a positive experience? So first things first, let's take, let's take it from the very beginning. People are going to come to the airport. All right, so we need to have an airport team. We need to make people greet people at the airport because, again, stranger in a strange land, we want to make sure everybody's, everybody's doing okay. Now, we have to get them from SeaTac to downtown. Um, that's, so that's coordinated bus effort. We have to have that. Now they've hit the hotel again. Stranger in a strange land. We have we have a concierge team. They're there to make sure that everyone understands where they get a lay of the land, help them out with mapping and so forth like that. And then if people, then when people go on tours, they're going to they're going to go on group tours, but maybe they want to go on individual tours. Again, stranger in a strange land thing. We have a docent team to help them move about. Now we have some Grand Lodge resources that are also available to 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 to, to folks. Uh, we have, as you know, David, we have a medical uh, we have a medical response team. They'll be there. Rick uh, Rick McGann and the photography team will be there to archive the entire event. And then, of course, now you're looking for other things like transportation. Yeah, they, we can put them in a cab if we need to. But guess what? We have uh, we have the we have the benefit of a Fifi Shrine who has four large passenger vans, they're going to serve as a Masonic Uber for us. Uh, so it's getting all those things in place to make sure they have a positive experience. Now, this is going to take about 200 volunteers, I figure. And I need to take care of those volunteers. So we have a volunteer support team. And then, of course, people need to unwind. So we have a hospitality team to help out with that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, again, the whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing is to make sure that everybody has a positive experience. And in return, what the volunteers are going to get is they're going to get a chance to duck in and listen to some of the sessions, to hear some of the speakers. Um, two years ago, uh, we had illustrious brother uh, Sammy Davis, who uh, who is a Medal of Honor recipient, and we got to hear his story. Jim, we got muted for some reason there, but somebody tried to call in on me. <laughs> um, you you heard the, you heard me mention that I don't know if anybody remembers what he had to say, but everyone sure as heck remembered him playing Shenandoah on on his microphone on on his on his harmonica, uh, and that was incredibly sweet. Chris Hodap, a renowned author, is uh, of Masonic note is typically there, and he's happy to share stuff. Uh, we've actually, uh, and I'm pretty proud of this one. We're bringing, we're kind of going uh, a little bit off the, uh, you know, out of the box, if you will, for the speaker we're bringing in. Uh, we're bringing in Owen Shea from the Grand Lodge of Hawaii uh, to be our keynote speaker. And uh, I think people are going to, one, number one, be stunned, but number two, be imp- incredibly pleased that at the end of the day at the choice of Owen. Owen is the past Grand Order for the Grand Lodge of Hawaii, past master of Honolulu Lodge. And additionally, uh, he is the N7 lead for the Joint Typhoon Warning Center. So, uh, yeah, just looking back in your in your our, our communications, and you had sent a link for his TEDx YouTube video. So yep. I watched that earlier today. Amazing, was, isn't he? Yeah, it was. It was, it was and he was at. Uh, I was fortunate to be at the uh, Lodge Leadership <clears throat> Retreat where he spoke as well. Yeah, and and the amazing and the thing is, there's no there's things that there's a lot of things people know. Like for example, he's a virtuoso pianist. <laughs> you know, if you go, you can go to YouTube, type in Owen Shea on YouTube, and you'll and you'll see you'll see you'll you'll see him do this incredible th- do this incredible journey mashup, which is like, really, and I don't think he's even forty. <laughs> so it's uh, he's 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 currently working on his PhD uh, on the politics of weather. Because he's a meteorologist. It's so yeah, it's uh, weather. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, amazing. Yeah, he got his he 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 got his undergraduate degree from Cornell, then went to University of Oklahoma to get his master's degree because he wanted to chase storms. Hmm. And now and now he's living in Hawaii as the as the N7 lead for the Joint Typhoon Warning Center amazing young man so we're looking, we're looking for again we're looking forward to this to 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 hosting this event in seattle because we th- because with number one his seattle's my hometown i love showing the city off but number two um I'd, I'd love to be able to show people from all over the world uh how we in in the great in the great state of washington uh, uh celebrate our freemasonry uh i think i'm not gonna say that that we celebrate it any better but obviously, everybody has a different way that they that they that they manifest their Freemasonry, and I think they're going to see something really special uh, from the Seattle team. And I'm look and I'm really looking forward to to playing a small role uh, in making that happen. That's pretty cool. That's they uh, they tried to convince me to uh, jump on a committee and and uh, uh, convince a bunch of guys in the Okanagan to host. Grand Lodge, and uh, that would have made me responsible for all those committees that you listed off of there. And I just like, yeah, without a whole bunch of guys standing behind me saying, "Yeah, I'll give you some help," couldn't do it. 
I, it's you know it's funny when I, think, when I put the word out. Uh, number one, there are some people that I had that I knew that I wanted on the team. Um, like you know, for example, for the airport team, I know I needed somebody who worked at the airport. Well, I didn't know a brother who worked at the airport, but I knew a brother's lady who did. And so she became on board. I needed somebody in, in the city of Seattle who knew Seattle and knew it well uh, and who was local and was there. Now, the person on that, who's going to help me, who's, who's, leading that, who's leading that group uh, is not a Mason, but she's an Eastern star. And she just happens to be a, a longtime friend of mine, almost going now on 40 years. And uh, she happens to work for King County, which is where Seattle sits. So guess what? She's on the team. And there's some, the, the thing is, you know, and, and Stephen, maybe you're going to be given the opportunity to do this again. Nothing has to fall 100% on your shoulders. You, you just need to find some people. And it's amazing what happens. That, 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 that when the call goes out, people are going to be there for you. It always drops back to the chairman of the committee. Always, right? So, yeah, I, I, I'll be helpful and I'll, and I'll work in the background for the guy who puts his name forward. <laughs> well, you know something? You, want, you, you can always come down to Seattle and give us a hand. As Jim will testify from our, uh, our visit with the Grand Master up in District 2, the deputy gets credit for everything. So that's Yes, he does. He, he does get credit for everything. Um, uh, it's amazing how much credit for. By the way, that was, that was fun. Yeah, you got what, you, what, uh, I, I, I believe you, I, I believe you got credit for dis discovering the Titanic. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I don't even know what to say. Great honor is cluster about my throne here. Um, <laughs> So on that note, we're, uh, we're about running out of time for this episode of the Working Tools Podcast. So I would like to uh, say thank you to, to Jim for being with us today. And on behalf of David and myself, we hope to see you again soon. Mm -hmm.